Hi there. Today we have another audio and video podcast. You can listen to it completely by audio and go look at the video later if you want. It's a remake of a talk I gave at the 43rd annual Robert S. Hartman Institute conference this past October in Salt Lake City, 2019. I'm going to share with you a model to help you better understand how to sell a complex product. It's a consultative sales model. And I'm also going to share that with you in the format of axiology. So you'll not only learn a good consultative sales model, you're going to learn more about axiology. If that interests you, it is the third science in trimetrics. And I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. Hit it, Michael. Welcome to the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast, a show designed for leaders, trainers, and consultants who are responsible for employee selection and professional development. Each episode is packed full with insider tips, best practices, expert interviews, and inspiration. Please welcome the host who is helping leaders, trainers, and consultants everywhere, Susie Price. Hey there, my name is Susie Price, and I'm with Priceless Professional Development, and you're listening to the Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast, where we cover everything related to helping you and the employees and the organizations you work in support and activate greatness. We want to activate greatness because we want people to use their strengths. We want them to know what their talents are. We want them to know how to leverage their strengths, manage their blind spots so that they come in and contribute their talents. They want to be there. They wake up eager. And that's what we're all about here at Wake Up Eager. If you want to see the video, you can go to, I'm going to go ahead and give the link to this episode, episode number 62. If you want to go see the video, I'll reference a few things here in the kickoff before we actually go into the presentation. Um, You do not need to see the video. You can just listen. If you're in your car or walking your dogs, no worries. You can go back to it. But if you want to pull up the video, it's pricelessprofessional.com forward slash sell complex products forward slash sell, S-E-L-L, complex products, all one word, lowercase, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash sell, complex products. So I am a professional facilitator, and we, our company, Priceless Professional Development, started in 2004. We're a training and development company. We are experts in an assessment science called Trimetrics. And we help leaders and consultants use that science to assist in their efforts to create a Wake Up Eager workforce. So Trimetrics is a cool tool. It's trimodal. It has three sciences. It measures three views. One is DISC, second is motivators, and the third is axiology, which is under the hood, how someone thinks and makes decisions, which is what we're going to talk about today. So Trimetrics is our tool. We use it because it is so effective throughout the life cycle of an employee from the beginning when you're hiring, figuring out who to hire and are they a fit to onboarding, who is this person that's come on board, who are you. It helps you uh, speed up the get to know you part of that equation where you can, you know, how over time you can work really effective with people that you know really well. Well, we can make that happen quicker by helping you share your results with each other and learn how to communicate more effectively and understand the team and helps the new person come on board more effectively. Uh, we can also help with through Trimetrics pinpoint development needs and conflict resolution, team building. So that is so much what we talk about in this podcast, the Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast, which uh, we have episodes about all of those things, hiring, onboarding, leadership development, talking about these sciences with the trimetrics. So if you go to our directory page, you'll see this is our 62nd episode, but you'll see many episodes about everything from listening to how to leverage strengths, uh, all the processes that we do, basically all the work I do. If I've done something with a talk or created a workshop, I generally tend to share it here. I also interview people who I've either worked with or who I find very interesting and who have topics and insights to help us create a Wake Up Eager workforce. So if you want to go see the directory for all of those episodes, it's at wakeupeagerworkforce.com. 
and you can go check all that out. One of the things that we do quite a bit, and we're doing even more of lately, so I just want to mention it, and I have a, a slide here. We've added some new badges that are little badges for certification. Once people are certified, they have something to signify that they're a certified professional disc analyst, a certified professional motivators analyst, or trimetrics expert analyst. And so we have developed this year online resource pages, um, the badges that signify that someone is certified. And you can see all of that at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash certification. So our goal is to help you become the expert if that is your desire in each one of these sciences. And we provide a full suite of tools and we provide some coaching support, but it's mostly self-paced. We are available to coach as much as desired. Um, but if you like to work self-paced and you want all the tools and just want to have at it and become an expert, our certification program will probably be of interest to you. So go to pricelessprofessional.com forward slash certification for more information on that. And I would love to say if any episode that we do inspires you, helps you in any Wake Up Your Workforce episode, please let me know. Send me a note at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash Susie, S-U-Z-I-E. If you have comments or suggestions on how to make the podcast better, you can do that. You can also always, when you go to our website at wakeupeagerworkforce.com, you can also go into iTunes or iOS, Google Play, and uh, give us a, a review. But anyway, any feedback that you have for me, feel free. I will promise I will respond. Um, I'd love to hear from you at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash Susie. So let's get into today's episode. It is episode number 62, and it is about explaining axiology to human resource professionals. And what I want to do is kick it off first. Well, I'll just describe a little bit about what you're going to get out of this. So it's a model. It's a complex selling model, as I mentioned in the opening. It's going to help you know how to successfully share any complex product. The product that I'm going to be talking about is axiology, and the focus on who the client is is human resource leaders, because sometimes consultants can feel like or they have a story in their head that human resource leaders don't want to work with them. And so you know, that's why I was asked to give this talk at the Hartman Institute by the way, the Hartman Institute is an amazing organization. I'm on the board this year. If you are interested in trimetrics and axiology and anything we talk about today, I encourage you to go over to the HartmanInstitute.org. Check out our um, organization. Been around for 43 years. This was the 43rd conference. The people that were at the conference were business people, consultants, everybody who has an interest in axiology, academics, philosophers, psychologists, counselors, and they were from all over the world. And so I invite you to check that out, become a member if you'd like to learn more about axiology. You can also always reach out to me and I can help you with that. But you're going to learn more about axiology and I'm going to share 15 tools that will help you share this science with others. And then it's just a, what I'm trying to do in this conference is share a different perspective because many of the people in the room were and are consultants and I want to share a different perspective because I enjoy working with human resource leaders and professionals and they've been my favorite clients, but not all consultants kind of feel that way. So, so I want to share a little bit about the science of axiology. I'm going to flip to that page. I'm going to, if you're watching the video, you'll see it here, but I'm going to give you a little background on Robert Hartman. So that's the Robert S. Hartman Institute is what I'm talking about. That was our conference. He discovered axiology. That's his discovery. And I'll give you a quick history on him. His original name was Robert Schirkauer. And in 1932, he fled Germany with a fake passport uh, because he had spoken out against communism. And he had a very strong belief that every life is sacred and that because people have ideas, you can't kill them just for their ideas. So he ran for his life. He came to the United States and he was a professor at the University of Tennessee and the University of Mexico. And so he had PhDs in law, math and philosophy. So that's a very interesting law, math and philosophy, right? And axiology is based on mathematics. And so that's what he was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize for, for his theories on peace and measuring good. 
He used the science of axiology with companies like Siemens, Volkswagen, Alcoa back in the 1970s. He was a colleague of Abraham Maslow's, and so they were in different organizations together. And Maslow talked about how do we go from safety to self-actualization. So Maslow is known for sharing that we all go through this hierarchy of needs and that we have to meet each need before we can move up to the top of the triangle, which is self-actualization. And so it's interesting because axiology is also a roadmap for self-actualization. Hartman's experience, you know, nothing like having contrast. So every time we get something we don't want, we really, really don't want, it clarifies our future in regard to what we do want if we can turn our attention towards what we do want. And for him, with his focus and his gifts around law, math, philosophies, like I want to measure good. I've seen evil. I want to measure good. I want to help people chart a path to being all that they can be. So he wanted us all, and that was his dream, his vision, to fulfill the good within us and so that we could bring peace and goodness to the world. So the science of axiology truly is a roadmap pointing to here's the clarity of my thinking right now and here's where we can go. And we use that in formal axiology is the measure of value and what we value and how we think. And then applied axiology is us using it like we do here in uh, our business and all the things that I described earlier. So basically, the bottom line is it's the study of good. It measures the way we think. It measures how we value in our thinking. It's not about values, but do I value people over doing, over strategy? How do I see myself? Do I value myself or do I see mostly value what I do in the world? Do I have a vision of my future? So, It's a mathematical formula, and it's a science. It's a way to a system of logic that helps us understand how we think and make decisions. And in that logic, now I'm going to refer to this in the talk, so I'm going to touch base on it really quick, and I've pulled out a slide. If you're interested, you can go to pricelessprofessional.com forward slash sell complex products to see this. But I mentioned that in the talk about systemic, extrinsic, and intrinsic. Those are three dimensions of value, three ways that we think. And this slide that I'm sharing is from the training that I do with human resource professionals around axiology and trimetrics. But there are three dimensions of value. There's the systemic, which is strategy, ideas, black and white concepts, extrinsic. This is the doing part of our life, you know, so how getting things done, it's practical thinking, it's our level of efficiency, and intrinsic is how we be with people and others. So intrinsic, extrinsic, and systemic, being, doing, and thinking. And then you'll see, I wanted to mention that because I did did want to share a little bit, a reminder of axiology and just let you know that I will be referencing that in our, in the talk. So, Let's now go to the talk, and I'll just kick it off as though we are together in a conference. All right. Again, if you want to check the show notes, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash sell complex products. All right. So welcome. Today, we're going to be talking about explaining formal axiology and the Hartman value profile to human resource professionals. I'm excited because my goal today is to help you Find a way to turn potential resistors, someone who just says, I don't want anything to do with that, your product, or it's too complex, to turn them into allies and champions. So I'm going to show you how you can work profitably and productively with human resource professionals. I'm going to share with you three work-in-the-world focus areas that you must have. It's essentially a sales model for consultative selling. I'm going to show you two things that we must reduce and share 15 different tools. All the things that I share are things that I discovered because in my um, years as a consultant, and I've been trained in axiology since 2005, I've made all of these mistakes. So I'm happy to share them with you now. So let's get started. I want to share a scenario with you. You are working in an organization or, or talking to an organization. There's someone you know there that is interested in the assessments and interested in the work you do around axiology and wants to use it within their department. You've had quite a few conversations and now they tell you, 
you must go to human resources and have a meeting with them and get their buy-in. What is your gut reaction? What do you think and how are you feeling? When I asked that question at the conference, the consultants in the room said, oh my goodness, uh, human resources, that's not good. They don't like assessment people. They don't like consultants. They get territorial. They don't want us to be there. And so that is a typical reaction. Oh no, <laughs> don't let that be the case. But what I want to do, as I mentioned, is share a different perspective. So my key clients, some of my favorite consultants, consulting clients over the years that I've been in business are with the human resource field and are with are my main sponsors within those clients are with the human resource executives. So there's been some misunderstanding. There's kind of a tall tale that gets told within consulting conferences, especially at the conferences that I've been to where it said, we, you know, don't go through human resources, go through the business department or, you know, because human resources will just shut you down and they try to block your involvement and all these tall tales. I have never seen that be the case. So to me, that's a story that just keeps getting told that's not necessarily true. It hasn't been true for me. So a little background about me. I started Priceless Professional Development in 2004. I was trained in axiology in 2005 by TTI Success Insights. That's my main vendor and partner. I've done a couple of episodes, podcast episodes with different people from TTI Success Insights. They're great people. And I, that day, it was a training here in Atlanta. And I remember when I got back home, it was a weekend training to get you kicked off. I mean, it's a bit of an integration process to fully understand everything about axiology. But I knew in that couple of days that I had found something that was going to make a difference for me personally and professionally. And so that was right. I don't think I slept for days. I came home and organized all my material and put all my folders together. I just knew it was going to be something that was going to be important to me in my life. And it has been that way. I also trained with Dr. Medford and Vera Medford. Dr. Medford was one of Robert S. Hartman's graduate assistants. And so it was interesting to be able to train with him. I went to workshops that he held and then did some coaching with him. And they were invaluable in my ability to grow personally and professionally. And so as we think about axiology and we think about selling and we think about what is the best model, I wanted to come up with a systemic, extrinsic, and intrinsic model. And of course, those are the three dimensions of thought in axiology, systemic, extrinsic, and intrinsic. So I was pondering that as I was preparing for this talk. And I was doing what I do every morning. I was reading the Wall Street Journal, and my puppies were sitting around me. And this was the first week of October. And there was an article about PetSmart. PetSmart, and the headline said, How PetSmart Swallowed Chewy and Proved the Doubters Wrong. Of course, I'm going to read the article because I love articles like that, but also because I love dogs, So, and I like Chewy.com. So read the article, and there's some great insight there that gives us the framework of our consultative selling model. Basically, what happened was in 2017, PetSmart bought Chewy.com for $3.3 billion, and uh, the market said there's no way Chewy is going to outperform Amazon. I'm not sure what PetSmart is thinking, but boy, this was a big risk. And come now two years later, 2019, that acquisition is now worth $11 billion. So it was the biggest e-commerce deal ever in 2017, and they doubted it, and now it's worth $11 billion. And so the PetSmart CEO said, yep, everybody thought we were stupid. <laughs> but he said, you know, I was building a business over the long run, and what I wanted was loyal following customers, people who would stay with us. And Chewy had the highest customer retention rate of any online product. And so the Chewy founder in the article talked about the fact that his goal was to provide wonderful customer service. So we were fanatical about it. And he was so fanatical about it that he hired all of his customer support people were dog lovers, pet lovers. 
And I can attest to that. I ordered something from Chewy. It was the wrong thing. It was my mistake. I was willing to, you know, return it. And they said, don't return it. We'll send you something new. Just if you feel like it, maybe give it to uh, a shelter, the thing you can't use. And so what Chewy knew is that if we won the customer with our pet loving customer service that was fanatical about serving the client, had all the ability to do so, we would win them for life. And that's how they were going to beat or overcome the competition of Amazon. So the takeaways provide our model. And our model is systemic is about thinking, right? How, are we, how do we need to think? We need to think long-term like the CEO. We need to think if we have a complex product, it is not going to be a short sell. And if, if you're interested in the short sell, then maybe a complex product is not your role. And that's okay. But you have to think long-term. You have to be like those pet lovers, whatever your product is. And for me, it's axiology. You have to be all in on the product, all in. Like, I get this science. I love this science. I know it adds value. I don't need to push it on anyone, but I believe in it. I am a true believer of it. That's what those pet lovers were. They were a true believer of Chewy and Chewy's service, and that helps. And that is the doing part in regard to the extrinsic in our model. And the intrinsic is how do you be with people? Do you put their interests and their needs first? Do you have a fanatical devotion to who they are as your customers? And do you put that as the most important piece? Well, that's our model. And it's basically when we're working in a consultative sales mode, especially with a complex product, we need to take a long-term view. I've you know, done all the opposite of these long-term views. I was thinking, okay, I need to prove something. I've got to show that I've you know, sold this and, and we've got this right away, kind of like being the market, like the criticism uh, that the market had over PetSmart. But really the long-term view pays off that you're adding value and that you're being of service, being an axiological lover. So, you know, as I was learning the science, there were times when uh, clients would question something and I would be like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm not sure about that. So I'd go back to my partner or my training um, folks and say, okay, what about this? What about that? And every circumstance helped me start to understand how powerful the science is. And so that when you're first learning a complex product, it's easy to have some doubts, but just know that your objective, your work you're doing is to become in harmony with the product. And the most important piece out of all of this is be sincerely and completely devoted to the client. So I have done this now more, and there have been times when I've thought, okay, I'm devoted to my goals, and my goals are for you to use this product. (laughs) I would like to use it how I want you to use it. And you know what? That just does not work. And I don't, I just don't buy into all that manipulation around, you know, highlight the pain. All of that probably is right. It probably is. I know it is a sales process that works. But for me, I want people who want to work with me forever. And I want to add value to their goals. And anytime I've gotten sideways with a client or not done something that effectively, maybe I wasn't sideways, but I felt like I wasn't as effective as it could be, is because I put my goals before theirs. And for me to understand their goals, I have to listen, I have to ask, I have to understand, and then I have to orient everything I offer around what they said they want. To me, that is the key and the biggest part. So there's our focus there, and I was inspired by that Wall Street Journal article to this model. The next thought was inspired, and this is, this is inspired by a podcast that I listened to, and it's two things that we need to reduce, and it came from a different place, something you're probably not going to get at first, but I'll explain it. I listen to a lot of health and nutrition podcasts when I'm walking my dogs and um, cleaning the house or doing the laundry or whatever. But one of them is the Low Carb MD podcast. And their lessons to me are very helpful because they're like consultants. They have uh, a model that they uh, want their clients to use that is outside of the mainstream And they are in the field, so they do things differently than, say, someone who's either in traditional medicine or is, you know, back at the research lab. 
So in axiology, the example is the academics would say axiology, you only explain it this way. This is the truth. And then if you're out in the field and you're working with people, you find other ways to explain things and help people understand. So the Low Carb MD podcast, for example, they, as you can tell by the title, they work with a lot of people who have diabetes and cardiology issues. And what they have learned is that low carb helps. And so a lot of people are um, resistant to make the change. And so instead of rolling out the full protocol, what they will say is just take the bread off the table start there or with intermittent fasting, which is something I'm very interested in. They'll say, okay, don't try to do 16 or 18 hours. Why don't you tomorrow morning or the next week, just eat breakfast an hour later, you know, and little by little, they help people make changes and shifts. And that's what we have to do. We, we can't say you have to do this whole protocol. They feel a sense of urgency to help heal their folks. They have a higher sense of urgency than we do. But I often feel a sense of urgency because I just know that axiology and the trimetric system is going to add power and benefit to what, you know, what they're trying to achieve. So we have that in common with them. Sometimes uh, for these doctors, they um, have solutions that people are hesitant to try because it's outside of the mainstream or it's different or it's new or it's leading edge. And then there's some education that has to come in play. And what's interesting about these doctors, too, they were both very, uh, I think they were obese, uh, technically obese. And so they have applied these protocols to themselves and have benefited in a major way. It's changed their lives. And so they feel passionate in that way. And I do think that with axiology, so many of us who are consultants that use it see the benefit. We just see it everywhere. We see it in our own life, you know, what we've learned about ourselves and how our clarity of our thinking and the benefit of that. So they help us a lot in regard to the Low Carb MD podcast doctors having a similar scenario. And what they teach us is the top takeaways is if we've got to take people where they are. So if they have resistance, it's okay. If they don't want to try the full product, that's okay. But our job in order to get buy-in with any complex product is we have to reduce resistance and we have to make it less complicated. And so there's a lot of science in axiology and there's a lot of science and research around with the Low Carb MD podcast. I mean, they have so many research uh, details like we do around, you know, how it works and why it's important. But at the end of the day, we just need to take people where they are and give them places that they can dive in so that they can come along and that they don't have to take the full commitment every time they want to work with us. So what are things that we can do? And so the biggest thing is to reduce resistance and complexity. And you'll see the model on the um, page where our notes are. It's pricelessprofessional.com forward slash sell complex products. But we've got our long-term view, axiological lover, fanatical devotion to clients. And then we want to reduce resistance and reduce complexity. So there's our model. And now let's go into, I'm going to share with you five ways to reduce resistance. And where this is coming from is anytime I was working with someone and I could feel their resistance, I could see if I was with them physically, I could see their shoulders up, you know, they're not wanting to discuss. But as soon as the tension went down or as soon as someone said something that indicated, okay, I'm not really resistant to this now. I'm somewhat interested. That's what I tried to capture with these five reduce resistance thoughts. The first one I think is the most important one. And so in the sales process, in hiring, you know, whether you're using axiology for hiring, coaching, or training, your job with this product is to connect first. So the way I have it written in the presentation is connection before, in capital letters, precision and information. And that really does tie to our three dimensions that axiology teaches us, which is intrinsic first before we provide extrinsic, which is the doing, and systemic, which is information. And sometimes we get those flipped. We think, okay, let me just share all these research studies with you. Let me share all that with you, and you're going to love it. That's systemic. Let me be with you systemically, which is keeps people at a distance, and it keeps you from knowing who they are and what they want. Precision is, let's just get you to do something. Here, take an assessment. That is a doing, and it's not as effective either if there is resistance. 
So we want to connect and we need to do that in an authentic and real way. And so we want to find ways to do that. And the first is to listen. And I've got a quote here that says that I love and have referred to since the beginning of my working with others. I share it in leadership development programs all the time. I'm constantly relearning it. (laughs) But the quote is, the greatest compliment that was ever paid to me was when one asked me what I thought and attended to my answer. So we're going to listen to any client. We're going to listen to the human resource professionals, and we're going to connect with them, find out about their business. We're going to look at the long-term view, and we're going to listen to their needs and what they need. And then our focus is going to be, because we've listened to it, we're going to attend to their answer. That is connection before we try to take over and um, you know, move them along to what we want them to do. The other thing is, is when I am actually working with a client, my default is to always ask them first. So you've seen this candidate's assessments, you've seen my debrief, you've met with this candidate, you know, if it's a hiring situation, you know, what did you like about the candidate? What questions do you have about the assessment results? Always having them talk first rather than me going in and saying, well, let me tell you what the assessment says and, you know, being quote unquote, the guru, or, you know, let me just share all my expertise with you. I'm going to do that. But at the end of the day, I need to know where they are. They are in the business. I need to honor that. They have business partners that they have to report to and work with that are, you know, usually human resources, they represent a group of people. And so they're working to support them. So they know ins and outs and they know the team. Um, So it's important to land effective feedback. And the only way we can be effective in our feedback and sharing is to know what they think first. Because At the end of the day, human resources, you know, people are just like we are. They're educated and smart. They care about people. They have responsibilities. They have people they need to report to. Sometimes they don't have complete authority. They have a lot of authority, but sometimes they're always, and like a consultant, we're always working through others to get things done. We need to be great facilitators in order to do that. So we just need to honor that. And when we're talking to human resources or any client, we want to focus completely Completely on the connection and always their goals. And I never stop from just focusing on that in the call to any time they call up and say, well, we want you to help us with something. I, t- I try to stop myself from ever taking over. I'm not perfect, but my goal is to connect first. Okay, no, what do you need? What do you want? What do you think? So that my answers, that's a key consultative selling model, which is you don't share the answer until you really understand what they're asking. And that's all along the way. Now, when they are ready to move forward, my version of what the low-carb doctors do on the low-carb podcast is taking the bread off the table or you know, just skip breakfast or go one hour later for breakfast for the intermittent fasting is I've come up with a basic process for debriefing and using axiology. So there's a basic process and there's the advanced process. So the basic process is a way for them to get started. And it's a worksheet that you can find if you go to pricelessprofessional.com, sell complex products, you'll see it. But the first worksheet is to help them work with the people that they need to work with in the field to explain assessment results. And it's a how to debrief an assessment in two steps. So there's that process. And then I have a worksheet to help them pick superior performance attributes, whether it's hiring or coaching. They don't have to go through the full, we have a patented benchmark process that is awesome and it's more advanced is what I call it, advanced. But if somebody's not really sure if they want to buy in or how much they want to use this, we need to give them steps they could take so that they can try it and come along. Some people stay at this and this is enough. But I, that's me moving towards people's comfort level. And it came out of understanding that human resource professionals, they need to take this information and then get the buy-in from the people they work with. And it can be hundreds of people that they're supporting sometimes. So this basic process is a result of helping support that. It helps people get started. Another thing that I talk about is when we're using trimetrics and axiology to assess candidates or help in coaching, we're always on the hunt for two things, looking for strengths and potential gap areas. 
And so those words, potential gap areas or potential blind spots, are words that work. We're talking about matches and mismatches, not is this person a good person or is this person a bad person? We are not measuring that. What we're trying to do is help you see where they're a fit, where they match, where they might mismatch, and how to have a more thorough interview process and or in coaching, how to pinpoint development needs. So looking for strengths and potential gap areas or potential blind spots, that languaging works and creates buy-in. So that's connection before precision and information. I think that's one of our key reduced resistance areas. The second most important is reassurance, not dominance. So we need to not try to take over. A lot of us consultants, I can be one of them, has a very strong personality. And so very all good, you know, that can serve you, but don't let it be your blind spot. Because while we've had, we as a collective, I have not really, but as many consultants can say they've had challenges with human resources or they have a negative bias of working with human resources, the flip side can be said. Uh, human resource professionals can tell you and probably will if you ask them. I actually had one tell me, you know, I don't work with consultants because they've had bad experiences with consultants. They try to come in and take over and they aren't the partner that they need them to be. So we need to keep that in mind, and we need to provide reassurance, not dominance. And a couple of things that have helped when talking about axiology and trimetrics and how it can help them is reminding them that it's less than 30% of any decision. So in coaching, in hiring, the trimetrics assessment is less than 30% of decision. It will give you insights that you will not have, but there are other areas to keep in mind in regard to the decision, and it's less than 30%. That relaxes people, so we're not trying to say this is the be-all, end-all, and I'm going to come tell you what you need to know. Also, letting them know about the compliance and all the work that we do my assessment partner, TTI Success Insights, does around making sure we're compliant with the EEOC and OSCCP and that our security is in place with the ISO ratings. All of that is helpful because they are representing the company and want to make sure that a product that's coming in is, you know, fits all that criteria so that it can be reassuring. Another thing around hiring that I find reassuring is that they find it reassuring and I like to provide is a fit risk factor. So we're not telling you to hire someone or not to hire someone because there's always going to be a risk. And every time I say there's always going to be a risk, a human resource professional is nodding their head because they've experienced you hire a superstar and they flame out sometimes. And it's because it's always a risk or people are coming into a new environment. But our goal with Trimetrics and the hiring process is to reduce that risk. And so I have a process where I share uh, the level of match to the assessment. So I'm never saying, you know, I'm not going to decide for you. But what I am going to do is just help you see that. What's the risk factor? You might decide you want to take on the risk based on other things that I don't know about that are not related to the assessment that matter to the business. But the results are going to help you assess the risk to fit fit level. It's also going to help you ask questions. So in coaching, you don't make assumptions just because they scored a certain way, but it does help you go, hmm, here's some questions. Have you thought about? What about this? Hiring, same thing. We have interview questions that we use. And speaking of hiring and interview questions, one of the trainings that we do is we train people to read and understand the axiology graph. It's the dimensional balance page graph. We train, train people to read that and people enjoy it. Once they understand it and the clarity around it through our certification, the Trimetrics Expert Analyst Certification, or through training that I do with human resource leaders, they said like, okay, now I really understand this. I see what it means. What do I, how do I ask questions? So I came up with some interview questions that are related to axiology, the systemic, extrinsic, and intrinsic that I've been talking about. And so we provided those, and you can go to our show notes, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash sell complex products, and you will get the axiologically items, those dimensions, interview questions to use. Another little tool that is reassuring uh, is a tool that helps explain the cost of turnover. It's a simple little model 
It's from the book Top Grading, which is a book written by Bradford Smart. It's in its third edition. It's a great book. It is a good reference manual. So if you don't have that and you work in the hiring world and you work with human resource professionals, that's a good book to have and to recommend. But the model is that, you know, when people turn over, it's one and a half times their salary. And so on a 25-person team, if you have two people and the average salary, say, is 50000 just to make the math easy, if two people turn over in a 25-person team and the average cost of their turnover is one and a half times their salary, you get $150,000 cost of turnover. And you share that with human resource executives and professionals, they're nod their head, yep, that's exact. And it doesn't have to be complex. The model is helpful, and I do find that this helps them make the case and helps them help, you know, resistant uh, partners that they might have out in the field who are super busy. Say, why are we doing this hiring assessment thing? They can use this tool, and it's just something I always share in training and as an example. So it's, again, reassurance that what they're doing is correct and that uh, we will work with them effectively, and that's just another little tool that can help. We want to be, this is the third reduce resistance suggestion, is to be curious, not quote-unquote all-knowing. We don't have to, we can be really smart and have a lot to share and share it in a wrong way and get kicked out of a business. I've seen it happen. So to me, I'd rather be curious and understand the big picture as opposed to saying, let me tell you what is in here. You need to know this. This is our problem. And we do that sometimes. We're trying to help and we're trying to, you know, am I, we're trying to impress a little bit, I think, if we were honest with ourselves. Um, and I saw that up front in a meeting with the CEO and a chief human resource officer. We were talking about assessments. There were two consultants in. I was one of them and another because it's a big business. He has his own consulting business. And he shared about some of the results that we had in a very heavy-handed way. Technically, some of the things he was sharing about, especially one of their sales vice presidents, I could tell it did not go over because they didn't ask for the information. We're back to the, uh, you know, what do they want? What are they trying to achieve? They weren't asking for the information about this particular executive, but he shared things, you know, basically, you're going to have trouble with this person. You need to work on this and this with him. He basically weaponized the data, shared it in a way that was rough and blatant, technically and maybe somewhat true in regard to what the assessment said, but the assessment is not the whole story. And it wasn't where the CEO and CHRO were focused. It wasn't their goal to know all of that. And it wasn't the whole story, like I said. So, you know, five years later, that consultant is nowhere to be found in that business. So this idea of psychoanalyzing and making um, language from our science, you know, she's cold, he doesn't understand people, he's a user, he's a doormat, all of those kinds of things, which I have heard, do not help buy-in. It just creates resistance. It doesn't help us. It doesn't make us impressive. But we could ask questions and listen to their goals and see if the sharing you're about to share relates to the things they're asking about then because they're asking it's okay to be direct because I can definitely be direct but I'm going to do it in a diplomatic and caring way and with compassion because it's one thing when you're hiring someone and you don't know them you can be a little bit more direct in regard to risk and fit and uh, you know what where they matched and where they didn't match I would never create that risk and fit factor for an employee who's currently there because now you're talking about someone that they know and that they have invested in. And I, like I said, do have direct information to share, but it's usually when they've asked and it's when the timing is right. Meanwhile, we want to be curious and not all knowing. And, you know, basically I, I've learned this the hard way because we do have a lot of ammunition with axiology. But at the end of the day, compassion and diplomacy wins, and you can still get the point across without being harsh or heavy-handed. One thing that I often say is according to the assessment. So that helps soften the language. So according to the assessment, there could be a challenge in this person being hard on themselves. They give, they give value to others, they give them the benefit of the doubt, but they don't always give themselves the benefit of the doubt. That's different than a bluntly saying, he's a doormat. 
So the, according to the assessment is the phrase. Use those four words every time you're about to say some insight. Well, according to the assessment, it says that you're most interested in gaining knowledge and that you're least interested in so there's keywords that I've had consultants that I do debriefs with say, wow, you say according to the assessment a lot. Um, but to me, it's honoring the person and me not trying to insert my knowledge onto their knowing, but to just lay it out there to see if they are willing to pick it up because you can't make somebody take on some data unless they want to. You just can't. You know, what's the old saying? You can't lead a horse to drink. <laughs> you just can't. It's not worth it. It's not worth trying. But if you honor them and see that they have the capability to pick it up, then according to the assessment verbiage is very helpful. Another bits of words, and I've referred to them earlier, that take the sting out is talking about strengths. And this is in coaching too. Blind spots, we all have them. We all have strengths. We all can sometimes overdo our strengths and have blind spots. And at the end of the day, just remembering that compassion rules. It's Hartman's model in axiology is the power of the intrinsic, and it's back to connection first. I mean, if anybody's ever touched you in your life and helped you along the way, it's because they connected with you in some way first, and then you were willing to take action. And they guided you. Another thing that will reduce resistance around the axiology and the science of axiology is just the long history of it. Hartman's story, which I shared a bit on this podcast prior to getting started, a little bit of a story, the history of the Institute. If you go to HartmanInstitute.org, you'll see our bookstore. We have a bookstore there. There's a book about Robert Hartman called The Freedom to Live. I give that as gifts. When people get certified through the Tribetrics Expert Analyst Program, they get uh, that book as part of it to understand Hartman's story. All of that reduced resistance, it just helps you help them understand, okay, well, I don't know what axiology was before, but now I get it, I understand this story and this history. And I think we can all use that. If you're interested in using axiology, I highly recommend you go be a member at the Hartman Institute, hartmaninstitute.org. There's benefits that you get as a member that will help you dive deeper into axiology. A quote from Hartman is powerful that I use in every presentation, whether it's a sales call and they're wanting to learn more about the basic and advanced process of using axiology, or it's a training or coaching, and it's a quote here that uh, Hartman shared. It says, are they going to be happy? Are they going to be productive? Will they want to stay? Will they own their job? Will they contribute their talents generously? Those are questions that he shared that he says we need to know. Human resource professionals, they know this too. They know this like consultants do, that this at the end of the day is what we need to be thinking about when we're hiring. You know, are they going to be a fit? Are they going to be happy? When we're coaching, when we're leading, that's our focus is thinking about the other person. The other person is thinking about what's in it for me. What am I going to get from all of this? That's human nature, even if they're the most giving person in the world. So as the leader or as a salesperson, use this quote and understand it and share it. And that will, that's another piece of sharing Hartman's legacy and some of his wisdom. There's so many things that he shared that are so wise. And the fifth item in reducing resistance is to help them understand. So we need to help people understand if we're going to give fanatical devotion to our clients and fanatical, wonderful customer support, and we love our science and we're taking the long-term view, we're going to take time to help them understand. But sometimes it could be if you're fast-moving and you get a lot on your plate, which who doesn't have a lot on their plate? Patience is a practice in trust. Patience is a practice in trust. So we pull on our patience. And if, you're, if you are sincerely thinking, okay, long-term, and you love your science, and you so much care about the client, when they ask, you want to help. You don't see it as an imposition. You don't see when they say, well, I don't understand why this person scored this way. They're that, that, and that. You don't see it as upset. You see it as interest. You don't see it as they're challenging you, and you've got to just smack them down, you know, with, let me tell you how it is. <laughs> you know, we just don't do that. You know, so instead of seeing their confusion and their questions as an intrusion or a challenge, see it as interest. See their questions as a way for you to add value and to create a forever 
client. I mean, I've had clients that I've worked with for years that still you know, have a lot of questions. And you know what? I love every question that comes. And that has been a learned response because I can be impatient. But I'm not patient about this. That's a choice I make. It builds trust. It's fun because I love sharing about this tool. I love that they're asking questions. I love that the more confident you become in your product, the more you're like, bring it on. You know, what are you questioning? Okay, yes, I can see why you thought that. So you're not defensive when they say, well, I don't see how this works. Um, it can be stressful at first because you're learning the product. But every time uh, I've taken the time to do that, I've gotten, I got a call recently from a human resource leader who had really been digging in and asking a lot, a lot, a lot of questions and said, hey, guess what? I got kudos from the CEO because I was able to go back and explain something and kudos for bringing this back. And you know, this person had not really opened the door to me to working with the CEO, uh, but now that door is open and we're partnered together because I've been able to prove that I'm a partner. I'm not trying to take over. So help them understand. And my other way of helping people understand is through my podcast and thought leadership. So the book I wrote on how to hire superior performers was about that. The podcast is about that. The articles that I write are about helping people understand. Um, and the interesting thing is, and I had a well-known author share this one time with me, said every time he wrote or shared or you know did things in his newsletter and his blog, it clarified his thinking so that he became a more effective communicator about the work he was doing and more effective with people. So help them understand by creating your own tools and resources and don't see that as a time waste. See that as a way of helping people understand. It's a long-term view of adding value. And so, you know, if you're going to be about this tool, how do you help people understand it, use it, live with it, love it, find value in it? So those are our five reduced resistance areas. Next, we're going to go into reduced complexity. And these are going to go a little quicker, but I have five areas there. Reduce complexity. Drop the technical mumbo jumbo. That's the first one and probably the most important. Any product that you have, if you can get out of, you're using all the lingo and all the acronyms and the terms, that's a process. But if you drop the technical mumbo jumbo, I purposely made that a silly statement because that's what we want to do. We want to be more relaxed. I talk a lot about fit and I have some good images. And if you want to see the video, you'll see those images, pricelessprofessional.com, sell complex products, but I usually get a little snicker or giggle when people see this picture, and it's two people. It's a little boy in a car that's too big for him, and it's a big man in a car where the car is too small for him, and the statement is fit matters. So it's making the point that why do we even use axiology? Why are we even assessing people? We're trying to figure out fit, and these are adorable, good people. They're not bad people, but maybe they're not a fit for the role, and if they're not, how can we help them fit the role and or move them in another position or maybe not hire them or ask the right questions. And I also talk about five key areas of job fit. And I've got podcasts on this, so I encourage you to go. We'll have those in the show notes. But we talk about them, and I use a car analogy, background and experience, which is roads traveled, gas in their tank, which is motivation and interest. That's the second area of fit, how they drive, which is the communication style, horsepower, uh, how they think and make decisions, that's axiology. And then last but not least, where they're parked, culture and team. You know, so where are they parked? And I like these five areas of job fit for so many reasons. One, it shows the assessment trimetrics, which is gas in their tank, which is motivators, how they drive, which is disc, and horsepower, which is axiology. So that's the trimetrics, what we measure. I like that. I like that it also says, okay, that's just one piece. Those are pieces of the puzzle that are important, but, you know, also roads traveled and where they're parked is going to determine, you know, job fit and how well they excel or don't excel in the job. I like the five areas of fit because it helps pinpoint where a development need might be. Maybe their goals don't match what the job is requiring of them, but everything else does. Maybe they have an under-the-hood issue. They're not seeing something clearly, which we can gather from axiology. So you can pinpoint, okay, let's see if we can develop that area. Maybe it's just that they need to manage their style. They're, they're not aware of how they communicate and how it's coming across. Maybe there's something happening within the organization and the team. 
But what it does in regard to axiology is it helps people understand that while this is an amazing tool, it is an amazing tool. I, I cannot do a hiring assessment without it. I don't like to do coaching without it. It just tells me so much about how someone's thinking and making decisions, and it's just powerful. But axiology isn't always the reason, you know, how they scored in the axiology, why they excel or don't excel. And the people can get turned off from that part of the science because it is so powerful, but yet it's not all the pieces. You know, how they're being managed, you know, where they're parked is a big piece. You know, maybe they they have the highest high capacity personal skills, horsepower that you can get, but maybe they're still struggling. You know, so they got strong axiology scores, but something else is amiss. And so it helps put that axiology in context. So the technical mumbo jumbo is hard to describe all that. If you start talking about these, the car analogy or whatever analogy you want to use, it helps people grasp it. So axiology is under the hood, how a person thinks and feels, their acumen, and how you get to under the hood. That's a piece that we talk about in training, but I've got visuals here to show you that I use in training, which is how do we get to the under the hood? Well, it's the science of axiology, and the way it shows up in the assessment is these dimensional balance page, and that rolls into personal skills, which at the end of the day, all they, they don't need to know all of that. They need to know the personal skills piece. And, and if they ask, you can back into it and help them know that this is what leads to that personal skills hierarchy that talks a lot about their personal skills, like a personal accountability and self-management and decision-making. That's how under the hood is determined through this technical mathematical formula and logic. So when I'm doing teaching and training and training human resource managers, I use interactive tools. And just because it's a science, why can't we make it fun? One of the things that I do that really works is I put up a list of uh, descriptors about the science of axiology, what it is, is a bunch of bullet points, and then I break them out into teams, and their job is to come up with 36 words from the descriptors that I give them, the bullet points that I give them, which are, you know, I don't know, 10 different bullets that summarize the science of axiology. So it's like an elevator pitch, if you will, you know. How would you explain axiology to someone? And so the neat thing is, is one, it's interactive. Two, they're creating their own way to describe axiology to others. Three, they get to hear from each other. So it ingrains an understanding of what this science is, and it helps them be effective out in the field when they're supporting all their business partners and helping them understand, like, why does that part matter? Because a lot of times people, you know, want to over-apply the disc, you know, and say, well, their style says this. And like, well, okay, that's good, but let's also look at what's under the hood. And so it gives them a way to describe that. Another thing that we do is a teach back, and I found this really fun. I've done this virtually, too, is around the dimensions. So as opposed to me in a training class going through, now, this is the dimension called understanding others, blah, blah, blah. Instead of doing that, I assign them each of the dimensions, and then their job is to come back and share with the group. So they teach back to the group. They provide a summary of what each dimension is. They provide examples of high performance and low performance. What would it look like? A great way to share the dimensions and for them to take ownership um, and to be interactive. And a lot of human resource professionals, they're people people. So they just don't want to be lectured at. I mean, a lot of people are people people. But human resource professionals, they tend to be people who interact and talk extemporaneously. So we want to give them the stage and we want them to be involved and they will take ownership of it. We play games. I do a Jeopardy game, which is really helpful to kind of help people ingrain the knowledge. So all the things we typically do. I have laminated flashcards that I share, and they're the paraxiology is particularly a guide to how to debrief the dimensional balance page. I don't share this until I've done the buildup, and the buildup is essentially what I've just shared with you, where I go through, you know, that fit matters, those pictures, the five areas of fit. We've talked about the definition of axiology. We've talked about the dimensions. And then they get this grat, this laminated card, and it's like, okay, they're empowered now to really use the power of the tool. And this is what we actually teach in our Trimetrics Expert Analyst Certification Program as well. But these kind of tools help people understand. It reduces complexity when you build it up like that, and it gives them something to go back to time and time again. I like the laminated part, too, because it doesn't get lost. 
The fourth thing on reducing complexity is about you get better at being more clear about the assessment as you get more comfortable with your results and more comfortable with the science. And your comfort equals their comfort. And so anything you can do, like the training that I did, you know, understanding my own results, specifically working on my results to make my role awareness stronger and those types of things helps you be a better communicator of the assessments. Now, anytime, any kind of axiology report, if scores are low, scores are really high, I'm super excited and comfortable sharing because I understand that this is, you know, we can build horsepower and that that is empowering. And so that makes a big difference. I remember one time I had a, uh, we were working with an executive team and they had all taken trimetrics and I was doing one-on-one debriefs with the executive team before we had our in-person meeting. And the chief human resource officer wanted to be on all of those calls. And I was slightly nervous about that. I hadn't actually had that happen before, but it was awesome because he was able to experience the power and the types of conversations that we're able to have when you have this uh, amount of information on someone and you have their buy-in and interest. And so this idea of the more comfortable you get with debriefing this science, uh, the more comfort they will have and excitement and engagement they will have. And if they want to sit in on calls with you, even if you're nervous, have them do it. I've had it happen more than once. And every time I've gotten feedback about how powerful it was, how much they learned, there's just a power and excitement to it. And that actually makes it real and reduces complexity because now it's real. It's not just some words on a page. They're experiencing the impact of it. And lastly, I just said, make it real or it's real. We do need to make it real. We need to have examples. When someone scored uh, lower on a dimension, what that looked like, how that impacted performance. We need to have stories. You know, when Hartman talks about the axiology is not a complete measurement, it's not a measure of energy or motivation, it's just how they think. You need to have some way to explain that. My solution to that is car analogy. And I also have stories about, specific stories that I've crafted about someone who scored really high in axiology but struggled on the job, and then someone who scored just moderate but was actually a strong performer, and it was because of the other areas in the in the five areas of job fit. So crafting those kind of stories, having your own story about your own results, making it real is powerful and will reduce resistance and make it less complex. It just makes it real. Here's real life. Here's how someone else grew this area. Here's how someone else struggled in this area. So we've talked about reducing resistance, connection before precision and information, reassurance, not dominance, curious, not all-knowing, Hartman story, and the Robert S. Hartman Institute history, and helping them understand. That's reducing resistance. We talked about complexity, which I just shared, and we talked about this model of having a long-term view, being a lover of the science, and having fanatical devotion to our clients. I think that with all of this, with this model and taking those steps, we can change this dynamic or this negative bias that some of us have around the human resource executives and enjoy the relationship, that it can be powerful, it can be profitable, it can be fun, you can be partners. I, those are my favorite clients. It is a blessing. I love Hartman's uh, quotes I shared with you that he shares many meaningful things, but he says there are only four steps to a successful life. Number one, you must know yourself. Two, choose yourself. Three, grow yourself. And four, give yourself to something greater than yourself. The science of axiology and uh, the tools we use can help you know yourself, help you choose yourself in regard to your own growth and development. It's a science and a tool and a set of resources that helps us be at great impact to others. So for me, this has added a lot of value in my life, and there's nothing greater that I'd rather do than to help others learn from this science and axiology and add meaning to their life and use this tool as the resource through which I do it. So I hope that this podcast was helpful to you today and had some meaning to you. And I hope it helps you sell other complex products. It helps you better understand axiology. 
The show notes for today's episode is at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash sell complex products. And wanted to mention the certifications, which I've talked about, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash certification. We have another conference for the Hartman Institute. It's going to be October the 15th through the 16th in 2020. So that's next year in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I am the conference chair there. So I would love for you to stay tuned to that and go to the HartmanInstitute.org to stay in touch. Join our newsletter. You can click on newsletter and you can log in uh, to be on our newsletter and or become a member. I'm excited about what's coming next on the Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast. I'm doing an interview with Karen Eldad. She is a powerful executive coach. She's been certified through uh, the assessment tools, through Priceless. Uh, We're going to talk about the superpower paradox. I'm interviewing Oscar Tremboli, who has written a book and has great resources on deep listening, and I can't wait to share that with you. I'm also interviewing one of our, our assessment partner executives, and his name is Rodney Cox, and we're going to talk about three signs that your assessment is not valid. So we have that and more coming up for you here at the Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast, and I'm just happy to be able to share with you. Thanks for joining. Let me know if you have thoughts or if anything in this, you have questions about it, please reach out and let me know. Take care. This episode of the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast was brought to you by Priceless Professional Development. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to pricelessprofessional.com to gain access to more professional development resources. 